Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cinema Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and if you're listening by now, you should know that this show is all about horror, science fiction, fantasy, gems in the rough, movies that should be seen, and I'm here to bring them to you, and actually some movies that maybe you should avoid. Uh, I bring those to you as well. So today I thought uh, what would be kind of fun is to go through... uh, through werewolf movies that I like. Now, the difference here is I'm going to be critiquing the werewolves themselves, not so much the movies. So my list of best werewolf designs is going to be kind of the topic today. I'll chime in a little bit about the movies themselves, of course, but this idea came to me last night when I was uh, a guest host on uh, Cinema Sidekicks with my friend Steve. Uh, We were talking a little bit about The Howling, and uh, that that that's going to be their I'm so ashamed pick that they're going to be watching him and his co-host Ty. So it got me to think, oh, I should, you know what? Um, I should talk a little bit about werewolf designs, and not and again, I'm going to chime in a little bit about my thoughts on the movie them the movie itself, but uh, I want to mainly focus on the designs. So without further ado, here is Eugene Weaver's top ten werewolf designs. And obviously, top 10 lists are always uh, very subjective, and it, they're they're known to change quite a bit. And this is just my initial thoughts. And I have a feeling that a year from now, it'll probably be all changed around, but there are a couple in there that will definitely be staying on there probably forever. So coming in at number 10, for me, is a movie uh, that honestly is uh is i think underappreciated it's not the greatest movie but it and it has some really shoddy cgi but the final creature in it is quite good and that's 1996's bad moon from director eric red starring mario hemingway and uh a couple other people yeah it's it's an hour and 20 minutes long it's short and it's uh, what's cool about the the movie itself is that uh, it focuses around a dog. I believe the dog's name is Thor, and and it, this single mom and her son are living out in the sticks. And her brother, I believe, comes to live with them. Well, it just so happens that her brother was bit by a werewolf when he was in the I think the jungle. And uh, there's a really bad CGI transformation, but again, once the final werewolf rears its ugly head, it's it's a pretty impressive looking creation, uh, and, and because of that, it gets uh, plopped on the list here, so, uh, and, and check the movie out, it is coming out on uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray, I actually had the pleasure of seeing this movie in the theater, which was really cool, because it, it bombed, and I actually drove quite a ways to see this movie. And remember thinking that was a really good movie. It, everything about it worked worked uh, quite well. So anyway, bad mood number nine. And again, these these can be switched around, but I'm just going by my initial gut 
feelings. Number nine is Ginger Snaps. Love it or hate this movie, and there was several sequels. There was part two, Unleashed, and then uh, the third one was Ginger Snaps Back the Beginning, which you don't need to see parts two and three. The first Ginger Snaps, though, movie, while I uh, recently rewatched it, it uh, it has its moments. It gets very emo, and just there's so much dealing with teen girls and angst and uh, very angsty. Having said that, there are some great graphically violent, gory moments in the movie, and it does have a really, really good uh, transformation and a, and a final werewolf that. It definitely was worthy of being included on on the list. So uh, I, this is one movie that, upon rewatching, I remember really liking this movie when it came out, and I remember just gushing to my co-host Derek Marner on Movie Freaks about how good this movie is, and then he saw it and he was like, eh. And upon rewatching again many years later, I'm with the same mindset that eh, it's okay. it's it's not bad. It's not bad, but a little emo teen girl angst goes a long way. And this movie is an hour and forty eight minutes long, uh, too long. But uh, anyway, the werewolf looks cool. It's got some really gooey, gory bits in it, so it falls at number nine. Number eight is probably going to be the most highly contested of the uh, of this episode, and that would be Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Now, my love for all things Harry Potter is probably blurring my vision uh, with this, but I really liked the fact that there is a werewolf in this movie, and there is a transformation scene, but it's done very much with the mindset that this is still a kids movie and it works very well within those uh, within those limits uh, very well in fact they make the werewolf look very unique and different and yes it's cgi i get it i understand but the fact that they were able to take um the subject matter of werewolf and turn it into a movie that kids like and make it interesting and different not just the classic free man on, you know, wolf creature on two legs with a big snout. It, it's very different. This looks like a, uh, it's like a overgrown golem from Lord of the Rings, kind of, with a big beak. It's so bizarro and weird looking, and I like it. And every time I watch A Prisoner of Azkaban, which is a great movie, I think that's an interesting take on a werewolf design, and I like it, so... That's number eight. Number seven is, and this werewolf is really cool. In fact, I would have had this werewolf a little bit higher, but because it's such a brief appearance, it only has a brief, brief appearance in the movie, it is stuck, unfortunately, at number seven. And that is 1988's Waxwork, directed by Anthony Hickox, starring Zach Galligan and Deborah Foreman. This is uh, a great movie. I've seen this movie more times than I can remember. It's about a wax museum where uh, each each exhibit, if you get shoved into the exhibit itself or if you trip and stumble into the exhibit, you're actually in that time period and you are – you're trapped in there with these now uh, 
things that are alive trying to kill you. So there's Night of the Living Dead. There's the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, numerous other creatures, and one of them is a werewolf story with this cabin in the woods, and there's you know there's a big werewolf transformation, and the werewolf transformation itself is uh, it, it, everything about the scene is cool, and the werewolf itself is so great. Uh, it's huge. I like how hulking this thing looks in this cabin, uh, but it very iconic design. I think probably because it's from the eighties and it definitely has an eighties, an eighties feel. That's one movie that, that I am surprised has not gotten a Blu-ray release. Most of, in fact, other than one other movie, and Bad Moon is going to be having a Blu-ray release here really soon. One other movie I don't believe has had a Blu-ray release, unless it has overseas, uh, but it has screened, and actually it's the next one, and it actually has screened on uh, Netflix in HD, and possibly on Amazon Prime as well, and I think it's one of those that just pops up every now and then, and so it does have an HD job done to it, but it doesn't have the real full-on HD Blu-ray release yet, which surprises me. It's Paramount, and I know that they're they're a bit lax on their re releases for Blu-rays at this point with streaming and everything, but it's a big enough movie, I think, that it would be worthy of a Blu-ray edition. <coughs> Excuse me. And that would be Silver Bullet. This is the Stephen King adaption. Uh... I, when I say adaption, the the actual story that Stephen King wrote was kind of a graphic novel type thing, and uh, and it works it works really well. I I <coughs> excuse me. I uh, I've enjoyed this movie. I've enjoyed the book. Uh, and now this is one where I actually think that I enjoy the. Uh, the novella, graphic novel, whatever you want to call it. I think I enjoy that better because the pictures are so, um, the pictures are so reminiscent of the old EC comics and like Tales from the Crypt and stuff like that. And so, um, it works really well. The movie itself is very dated. I would say the movie is much more dated than something like even Waxwork. This came out in 1985, directed by Daniel... Atias and stars Gary Busey, Corey Haim, of course, is in it. Um, and there was actually a couple other actors that when you watch, when you, if and when you watch the movie, you'd be like, "Oh, he's in it." Uh, Terry O'Quinn is in it. Joe Wright. Um, anyway, a fairly standard werewolf story. Uh, there's a kid in a wheelchair, and uh, his uncle, there, his uncle and his sister are involved, and there's a werewolf, and there's a really good scene with <coughs> son of a bitch, my fucking cough. Um, uh, and I'm not going to edit this out because I don't edit. I just record. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, it's cool, and I'm my throat's tearing me up because, because, dear listener, I am actually a werewolf, <clears throat> and so slowly but surely. I'm, uh, as I'm talking here, becoming a werewolf. So bear with me here, because it's going to get a lot worse by the time this, this thing's over. Okay, next up is 
Oh, and by the way, uh, as far as the werewolf design goes for Silver Bullet, uh, <clears throat> like a lot of these movies, you don't you don't see the creature until the very end. But when you do finally see it, it's just great. It's so big and hulking and awesome. So, um, anyway, good movie. Uh, next up is Underworld, and uh, this one here is. Probably another one that you're going to be like, what? Underworld? Really? Yes. I think that the special effects in Underworld are very good, especially for a lot of CGI. There are practical effects in Underworld. And I'm going to kind of lump them all together because all of the movies look very, very similar in design as far as the werewolves go. But they look really cool and they're... Uh, Especially the first one, because the first one, when it came out, it got terrible reviews, and I went to see it, and I'm like, that, this is this is great. This is uh, what are people complaining about. I think this looks good. So, um, anyway, it, the movies are what they are. You either love them or hate them. It's lots of black leather, and Kate Beckinsale, and guns, and vampires, and werewolves, and it works. I like it. Uh, okay, now we're getting into the really good stuff here. Number four is Trick or Treat. I watch this movie every year right around Halloween, and every time I watch it, I am so impressed with the werewolf designs in this movie. And this, if you don't know what Trick or Treat is, from 2007, it's a it's an it's a Halloween anthology movie, and and <clears throat> all the stories kind of intertwine with each other and weave their way through each other in this small town. I love it. In fact, I wrote my own horror movie script and I kind of got the idea of trying to sort of weave the stories together very slightly because of this movie because it works so well. So basically you'll be seeing something happening in this part of the town and then it'll jump to another story and this has actually happened before what you just saw happen. And it's really cool how they jump back and forth and all over the place. But there is one story in particular, a little Red Riding Hood type of thing going on that features werewolves. And it's great. The werewolf designs in it is, are awesome. And it's the main kill scenes uh, are set to uh, Marilyn Manson's Sweet Dreams. And it's so good. It works so good. Anyway, Trick or Treat gets... Uh, the number four spot. Number three is An American Werewolf in London. Now, I am going by how I feel about the werewolf design, not about the movie itself, because <clears throat> this list would definitely be changed a little bit. An American Werewolf in London is, without a doubt, one of the best uh, werewolf movies of all time. <clears throat> but... Having said that, and, and I will also say this, this movie has the best werewolf transformation of any uh, movie, of any werewolf movie I've ever seen. This is, bar none, the best werewolf transformation. However, the actual werewolf itself is lacking. It is seen so, so briefly, and when you do see it, it is more of a gigantic dog, boar, wolf thing uh, on all fours. It's not a, it's not like a 
hind legs type of werewolf. It's just this big pig looking thing. And again, it, it kind of looks fake. But the actual werewolf transformation is done so, so well that it makes its way to number three. If it would not be for the transformation scene, this would be way far down. In fact, I'm not even sure if this would be on the top ten uh, for for werewolf design. Uh, but movie itself, this movie is pretty much almost flawless. I love this movie. So American Werewolf in London for the actual werewolf itself, it falls to number three. Number two is Joe Dante's The Howling. And I do want to make mention John Landis directed American Werewolf in London. Joe Dante directed The Howling. They both came, in, came out within a year of each other, and they are both werewolf horror comedies. And they both feature some of the best uh, practical effects work you will see in a movie from that era. Uh, right along there, right up there with the thing, and the howling <clears throat> is no different. The howling uh, really goes for it with regards to the transformation scene and not cutting away and really seeing a guy's head slowly change into a werewolf. Now, in American Werewolf in London, we see a you know we see our main character at different angles, like his feet get big. Then his hands grow. Then his the hair starts to grow on him. It, it's such a bizarro, weird scene. The howling is a lot more like we see a bubbling arm, and then it's mainly focusing on his face. Um, now, once the transformation scene is done, and it is a doozy, it's great. <clears throat> the actual final werewolf itself is awesome. It's so great. It is pretty much a uh, a trend setter. Uh, that movie, uh, in fact, every other movie that I've talked about other than American Werewolf in London, to me, owes their werewolf credit to The Howling other than maybe uh, Harry Potter and uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. All the other ones are uh, the classic <clears throat> the classic two-legged hairy beast creatures, and it comes from The Howling. That's where it comes from, so... That falls at number two. And now, my favorite werewolf uh, design of all time would be <clears throat> number one, Dog Soldiers. Neil Marshall's Dog Soldiers. Just recently rewatched this. It's from 2002. I had the old Blu ray release, and uh, not that terribly recently, about a year ago or so, Dog Soldiers was released by Scream Factory. With a lot of complaints from fans and critics alike on the transfer, supposedly uh, it is culled from a uh, 35 millimeter film print of the 16 millimeter negative, I guess, something. So the colors are really blown out and bright. But look, people, I watched it and I personally think it looks really cool. It has a kind of a grindhousey, scratchy look to it. And it looks worlds better than the first Blu-ray release, which is really dark. Uh, here you can really see what's going on, and I have no problem with that at all. The movie itself is fantastic. This is proof that you don't need CGI to make a horror movie good. I believe that there are a few very, very brief scenes of CGI in the movie, but... As far as the creatures themselves 
and the violence on hand, it's pretty much practical effects, and it works beautifully. There is no real transformation scene. There, there is a transformation that occurs, but it's done off-camera, which is fine, because the werewolves themselves are easily the coolest werewolves that have ever graced the silver screen, ever. They take the best things from the howling, from the creatures in the howling, and make it their own. Uh, these creatures are huge, and they're not as furry, like, they're not as wolf-like. They're more of um, these gigantic professional wrestlers with the most demonic, crazy-looking werewolf heads, and muscular, and the way they they walk is almost dreamlike, if that makes sense. Uh, it's it's weird how they walk, like they, I, because I believe they're like guys on stilts, uh, and it's so cool how they do it, and I love the design. It's like, uh, it's like a gigantic German Shepherd head on a on a big buff dude, and there you go. But it, but it works. It works brilliantly, uh, and and it also helps. And I tried to stay. You know, I tried to keep my own personal opinions of the movies themselves out. When, when making the list, but I gotta say, the movie itself is so good, and it's so well-paced, it has such fine acting, and basically this is Evil Dead uh, with soldiers in, uh, in werewolves instead of evil zombie dead, uh, and it, it works. It holds up so well. In fact, I'm so glad that this movie was shot on film, <clears throat> 16mm, because it just gives it this very rough around the edges look, kind of like Evil Dead, honestly. Evil Dead was shot in 16mm as well. So, great movie. It holds up so fantastic. Check that one out for sure. Now, a couple that I did not include. Um, Curse of the Werewolf, which is Hammer's uh, Hammer Films werewolf movie. And uh, The Wolfman, Benicio Del Toro. And you're like, well, of course you would leave Wolfman out. It's not a good movie. Actually, no, it is a good movie. Uh, it's a very good movie. I I quite enjoy that movie. But to me, Wolfman, uh, it, and there's the one with Jack Nicholson called Wolf, and then the old Lon Chaney, all, the, all those movies are like a man that looks a little bit like a wolf. So we don't have the long protruding snout. Every single one of the movies that I just talked about has... Um, <clears throat> a guy, or in Ginger Snap's case, a female, and maybe Trick or Treat as well, uh, has, uh, the, the creature has a, the long snout. In uh, The Wolfman, uh, and, in the, and the other ones, it's just a guy, he still has got his clothes on, versus, you know, the full-on, I'm a big wolf creature. It's a man that has facial hair, and a little dog nose, or whatever. Um, Wolfman itself, I'm fine with that type of creature, although I much prefer the big lumbering, crazy-looking werewolves. <clears throat> so, but I, I will say this: uh, do check out uh, Wolfman with Benicio del Toro and Anthony Hopkins. I it's a good movie, and the Blu-ray release of it has the extended cut on it, which really, really helps the flow of the movie. It's not as as haphazardly uh, just thrown together. It actually has a little bit more time to breathe and has better character development in it. 
so you are more invested in those characters. It does actually have a very good transformation scene in it. It's CGI, but it works very well. Uh, but again, it, at the end of the day, he is a wolf man. He is not a werewolf. Uh, and this is total nerd talk here, but uh, whatever. So anyway, and, and then also the same uh, goes for Curse of the Werewolf, which is, to me, one of the first werewolf movies. Uh, this movie was <clears throat> made back in 1961. Uh, starring Oliver Reed and directed by Terrence Fisher. And it's your classic Hammer horror movie. Uh, it's got the gothic feel to it. This one here is a little bit more uh, of a very of a heartbreaking uh, melodrama with horror elements. It's not uh, all-out horror. Um, and they do the time-lapse type thing for the transformation. But for classic horror... It is a good movie. I wish it would have been a little bit more violent. Again, it focuses a lot more on uh, the main character who is played by Oliver Reed. It focuses more on him and his upbringing and what makes him become a werewolf and it, or the, a wolf man. And it's kind of sad and it ends sad, and but it's worthy of mentioning uh, here. So anyway, so there's my top ten. Uh, you know, a lot of those you would probably be like, what? Prisoner of Azkaban, Bad Moon, come on. But there's got to be a couple in there, I would guess, that Dog Soldiers Howling and American Werewolf in London are are probably in everybody's top five or ten. Uh, and I've seen it all pretty much when it comes to werewolf movies, so I don't think I'm missing any. Although, as soon as I hit stop on this episode, I'm going to be like, ah, wait a minute, there was this other one that I... Forgot about, eh, it's fine. Um, and uh, I'm guessing that there are some that I have not seen. Uh, some that I, one that, that I definitely would never include, it would be the uh, American Werewolf in Paris, the sequel to London. It was, I've seen it one time in the theater and I thought it was lousy and it was pretty much all CGI. And this was back in the day where CGI is not what it is now. And I just remember thinking, ah, this is not good. It's lame, and someone jumps off the Eiffel Tower, I think, and there's guys with these tranquilizer darts, maybe. Um, <clears throat> you know, and another thing with the Howling movies is almost all the Howling movies after one are not good. Now, having said that, Part 5, called The Rebirth, was decent. Uh, and that was a, a, a movie about a group of people trapped in a castle, and there was a werewolf killing everybody off. But we rarely see the werewolf to to the benefit of the movie. It actually helps the movie out, not seeing the werewolf. But it, it was actually a pretty well-done movie. But all the other ones, for the most part, are unwatchable, which surprises me. How can you screw up a werewolf movie that much that every single one is lousy? I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's going to be it for my show. Sorry for all the hacking and coughing. I'm in full-on werewolf mode now. I mean, I'm, you know, my snout has grown and I'm going to go and rip into some local uh, wildlife. Uh, duh. Uh, you can reach me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any questions, comments, or to yell at me for coughing. Uh, make sure to tune in to Movie Freaks and uh, also our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks. I had a great time recording with Steve last night, so... Be on the lookout for their new episode, as well as episode 100 from Movie Freaks. Uh, 
Lord only knows what I'm going to be coming up with on next episode. I pulled this right out of my ass at the last minute and had a good time talking about it. So that's going to do it for me today. Again, thanks for listening.